What's going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops through drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. So updates in terms of a schedule. Obviously, I'm still on my holiday break, and I'm going to be going on vacation in a few days, so that's going to impact the schedule a little bit. The holidays have already impacted it. So probably for the next episode, including this one, the next one, Possibly the episode before, uh, after that, excuse me, because I may do an episode, I may not do an episode after the week of the Washington game because the season's over and last year when the season was over and I really didn't have much to podcast about, I just did videos and the stuff and the content was there, but in terms of a podcast schedule, at least the next two weeks, including this one, for the next two games of the season, um, it's going to be at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yes, it's cutting close to the game, but with that being said, I don't want to be doing it later in the day on Saturday because a lot of people like to go out on Saturdays and stuff like that. But I just feel that Sunday morning before the game is a bit better for a preview. Washington, Chicago, whatever the case may be. I will be in Florida this week, so there will not really be any room on Friday for me to record in my rental apartment suite whatever the hell you want to call it um and then next week i'll be in jersey vacationing a little bit and i won't be able to record there so for the next two weeks at least it's going to be on a sunday 11 a.m in terms of tuesday schedule it should stay the same i know there's a lot of distance and then when you come back it's a sunday tuesday thing it's you know oh my god it's you know uh, two days apart well, that's what it is for right now. In terms of any streams coming up, Boys in the Big Apple, the first episode will be not till the 18th, so that is a long way. Uh, we still have to get our school schedules figured out just a little bit. And just gave ourselves a little bit of a break. We want to give you guys the best content. And with that being said, our first scheduled live stream, as it sounds right now, is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland Browns Monday Night Football game. That's the supposed last Heinz Field game that Ben Roethlisberger is going to play, and he probably wants to win that one knowing it's on primetime television and knowing that, hey, you know, it's against his arch nemesis Cleveland Browns. So we'll be doing that game. We'll probably be in person in the studio down here, most likely obviously look to YouTube, even though I don't know how to do the community notes crap. I did it once before. I don't know how to do it for some reason now, but on Twitter, you'll get a lot of updates, but we're supposed to be down here, all three of us, just watching the game and commentating on it, so that's going to be a really fun time. That's the day before we go to Florida, so be alert for a Monday night football stream between the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to do it via OBS because with us being in person here, you get to do a lot more on OBS than you do StreamYard. And StreamYard is just basically Boys and Big Apple. It's basic template and stuff like that. Enough about the schedule and me talking. Let's go right into it. So the New York Giants travel to Chicago to play the Bears, the Windy City. It's supposed to be really cold there. Then again, it is Chicago. So the injury report looks like this in terms of game statuses. Gary Brightwell was put on IR. Austin Johnson... He is questionable with a foot injury, will probably play. Colin Johnson is out with a hamstring injury. Austin Johnson will probably play because Dexter Lawrence is not playing. Danny Shelton is likely not playing either. 
So you're a bit down on defensive linemen. I do see David Moa getting a few snaps in there. I really like the way he plays on occasion, you know, the motor and stuff like that. I really liked him in the preseason, but he has to get more snaps and we'll see what he is in the future, whatever the case may be. With that being said, Billy Price is doubtful. Uh, prayers up to Billy Price. His wife had a miscarriage, and it's really unfortunate. It's not something anybody should go through. But with that being said, he needs time to tend to his wife. He needs time to be with his family. That's 110% acceptable. Let him be with his family. So there's going to be another O-line combination. Probably Ben Bredesen or Wes Martin will fill in left guard. I think Skrull will switch to center. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he is doubtful. Uh, Kadarius Tony, he's out with a shoulder injury. I mean, this guy gets injured almost every week. It's ridiculous. It really is. Um, with the amount of injuries on this team, and Kadarius Tony's been healthy for what six games, seven games this season. It's ridiculous, and I feel bad for Tony. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm getting a little tired of it, to be honest with you. And I supported the drafting of Kadarius Tony at the time. But in terms of a long-term thing, we'll see what happens. Because, yes, out there, there's the whole thing, oh, we missed on Parsons or Slater. We'll see what happens next year with the Bears pick, who we do play in this game. But with that being said, let's move on. Dory Jackson is questionable with a quad injury, and he's going through the COVID ramp-up period. So I am expecting him to play. I think that is a big boost for the defense. Aaron Robinson also is coming back, so that's another big boost for the defense where you don't have to play Jaron Williams. You could play a little tighter on defense. I mean, Dar uh, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson are the only two weapons in terms of wide receivers, so nothing too scary there, but depending on how Andy Dalton plays, they could be dangerous or they could not be dangerous. They might even just switch to the running game, so we'll see about that. Uh, with that being said, John Ross is out with a knee injury and he, the COVID ramp-up. Nate Solder is questionable with the COVID ramp-up. Uh, he was on the COVID list last week, did not play in the Eagles game. And with that being said, you know, he's going to be one of the only tackles on the roster. There's Andrew Thomas, Matt Peritore's ACL. You have Corey Cunningham, who's on the COVID list. So it's Nate Solder, Derek Kelly. Andrew Thomas, and I think that's it in terms of tackles. So the Giants really do not have a lot of depth there. With that being said, Chris Myrick is also questionable. He has a hip injury. The Giants protected a tight end just in case he doesn't play, but it looks like he's going to play. In terms of the Bears injury report, J.P. Holtz is doubtful with a personal matter. I don't know what the personal matter is, but... Hope he and his family are well. Akeem Hicks is questionable with the COVID ramp-up period. I think he'll play. Questionable is like, yeah, you know, they may have some questions coming into the game, but they, they will probably play. Um, Duke Shelley, cornerback, with a heel injury, he is questionable. Justin Fields is questionable with an ankle injury. They already said that Andy Dalton is going to play. And then Jason Peters, the left tackle, is questionable with an ankle injury, probably plays. And Eddie Goldman has a finger injury. He is questionable, but probably is going to play. In terms of the practice squad protections for the Giants, none for the Bears. But they protected Farrell Cooper, natural Jamerson. 
David Moa and tight end Dion Yelder, but they also made a number of transactions on Saturday. They activated Julian Love from the COVID list. They activated Alex Bachman and Woodrow Hamilton from the practice squad. Woodrow Hamilton is a defensive lineman, so he may actually play a little bit. Was with the Giants back in 2018 on the practice squad, so familiar face, just not really a familiar coaching staff. And then activated from the practice squad as COVID replacements, Farrah Cooper, David Moa, David Sills, and Derek Kelly. So we'll see what happens with all those guys, how much snaps they get and stuff like that. So positional matchups, I'm not going to do on paper. I'm just going to go ahead and say who's better at the quarterback position right now because some of these last couple games for both sides can really alter your opinion and recency bias as well. So I'm not going to say, oh, on paper this, but whatever. I'm just going to say right now who's better at the quarterback position, who's better at the running back position, and so on and so forth. So for quarterback, Chicago, obviously, Daniel Jones is on IR. He's done for the season. All three other quarterbacks are better than ours. So that's the Giants' fault for not signing somebody like Blake Bortles, who is still available, but there's two games left in the season, so there's really no point in signing another backup quarterback unless one gets injured. But then again, they would probably lift Brian Lewerke off the practice squad. As for the running back position, I think they have it better. I don't think Saquon Barkley's 100%, whether it's behind the O-line or not behind the O-line. He has his own errors. Devontae Booker's good. But with that being said, Khalil Herbert has done well in his opportunities for the Chicago Bears this season. The rookie out of Virginia Tech. And David Montgomery was injured for a little bit, but he is starting to gain the momentum back. In terms of the wide receiver position, I will take the Chicago Bears, honestly. Darnell Mooney has come on. He's a fifth-round pick. He's come on for them. It's been a really nice weapon for Justin Fields and whoever is under center in that Chicago offense. Allen Robinson, I know he's been a little disappointing this year, but I think he's better than the way our targets are being utilized. In terms of the tight end position, Jimmy Graham is one that stands out to me. I know he had a good game against the Seattle Seahawks a game ago when we wanted them to lose against the Seattle Seahawks because the Seattle Seahawks pick, uh, their first round pick goes to the Jets. And that was kind of like the New York Jets, New York Giants matchup for the year, I guess. You could say in terms of who has whose first round pick. But Jimmy Graham had a nice game then in his homecoming because he did used to play for Seattle. But with that being said, Jimmy Graham is better than the way our tight, tight ends are being utilized as of right now. That's my opinion. In terms of the O-line... I think the Bears O-line is actually worse than the New York Giants in terms of sacks. I know Justin Fields has the tendency to give up, or actually not give up, he has a tendency to take a lot of sacks. So with that being said, also their O-line is just not very good. I'll take the Giants very, very slightly. In terms of the defensive line, I'll take the New York Giants, Leonard Williams, when he shows up for a game, he's good. Uh, Not much going on the defensive line for... The Chicago Bears. In terms of the linebacker room, I think I'm going to take the Chicago Bears linebacker room. It's not by much, though. Robert Quinn has 17 sacks on the season. He is possibly going to break the record, I think, of 18 or 17 sacks. That is the record for a player on the Chicago Bears as many sacks. So 
Giants, obviously Lawrence Taylor probably has a record of the most sacks on the team. I don't know who it's held previously by on the Chicago Bears, but Robert Quinn has a chance to break another record. And then you have Roquan Smith, who's good at tackling. He's not very good in coverage, though. They also have Alec Ogletree, so the Giants will see him for the first time in two years. In terms of the cornerback room, I think the Giants are better. James Bradbury, he has struggled this season at points in time, but I think he is better than some of the cornerbacks in the Chicago Bears DB room. And Dor Jackson, when he's on the field, he's been better. Jaron Williams has played well also. Not great, not perfect. Same thing with Aaron Robinson. In terms of the safety room, I think I'm going to take the New York Giants. I don't think the safety room is the same, honestly, for the Chicago Bears. Not to say our safety room is the greatest in the world. But Eddie Jackson, I don't think he's been the same playmaker this year. A lot of the other guys disappointing as well. One cornerback I will give the Chicago Bears... A pick that looks really good right now is Thomas Graham. He had a really good emergence on Monday night against the Vikings. They did lose that game, but he made a couple of nice plays, and he's going to be someone to watch this game if perhaps Kendall Vildor is playing terribly or if they don't give Artie Burns a ton of snaps, whatever the case may be. Thomas Graham, if he comes in as the second corner or whichever spot they put him in, I would watch because he is a very good corner at least for his value, a six-round pick out of Oregon. In terms of special teams, I'll take the New York Giants very slightly. Graham Gano, Riley Dixon isn't that great. Pat O'Donnell's actually in the research I have done, and I was doing it to compare with Riley Dixon's a few weeks back when I was looking up all the horrible stats that Riley Dixon has put up. I don't think Pat O'Donnell has actually been much better. But so I'll take the Giants there. So in terms of rankings, we do this every week. Offense, defense. The Giants rank 30th in total uh, yards per game. They rank 21st in passing offense, 27th in rushing offense, and 30th in points per game. In defense, they rank 23rd in total yards per game, 18th in passing defense, 26th in rushing defense, and 21st in points per game in terms of the Chicago Bears. Their offense ranks 26th in total yards per game, 32nd in passing offense, 8th in rushing offense and 28th in points per game. In terms of the defense, they rank 9th in total yards per game, 14th in passing defense. They rank 25th in rushing defense, and they rank 24th in points per game. All right, so some key stats and things to look for, players to watch, whatever. I'm going to look at pass rate like I usually do for some teams. With that being said, Chicago is one of the better rushing offenses in the NFL despite being bottom tier in total offense but with that being said in terms of run play percentage they rank eighth in the league in terms of run play percentage on first down they rank seventh in terms of pass play percentage they rank 25th in pass play percentage on first down they rank 30th, so they are a very run-heavy team. Not totally like the Eagles or the Colts or the Cleveland Browns, but they are reliant on the run more than they are the pass. With that being said, Andy Dalton, let's take a look at him. On the season, he's played six games, 98 completions, 153 attempts, 64.1 completion percentage, 1,017 yards, about 6.6 yards per throw, Average yards per game is not really that good, 178.7. And he has six touchdowns, six interceptions, and nine sacks taken on the season. In terms of the running game, they do have 
three good running backs. Well, one used to be a decent running back. I don't know what he is now, to be honest with you. I don't think he's taken as many snaps as the first two, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, but he is famous for being Patrick Mahomes running back in the Super Bowl about two years ago. That was Damian Williams. Ryan Nall is really not used. He is either inactive or on special teams, but David Montgomery, 183 attempts, 713 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. That's not great, but he's he still legs it out. Total five touchdowns, 64.8 yards per game, one fumble loss in the season. Justin Fields is their second leading rusher. He's got 72 attempts, 420 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, four fumbles, one loss, about 35 rushing yards per game. Khalil Herbert, the rookie out of Virginia Tech, 97 rushes, 413 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Two touchdowns, 27.5 yards per game. And then Damian Williams, 40 rushes, 164 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Two touchdowns, about 16.4 yards per game. Their leading receiver is Darnell Mooney, as I suspected. With that being said, he has 62 Receptions to 860 yards, so he has a chance, if the Giants' defense is really bad, to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark. Total of three touchdowns on the season, 57.3 yards per game. Cole Komet is the second-leading receiver, who I actually have a jersey of because he went to Notre Dame. Total of 53 receptions, 539 yards, no touchdowns, 10.2 yards per reception, 35.9 yards per game. Al Robinson is right behind him. Total of 32 receptions, 353 yards, and one touchdown only. That's a little depressing for your number one supposed-to-be wide receiver. He has 11 yards per reception, about 35.3 yards per game. Marquise Goodwin's on that list. Demir Bird, Jimmy Graham, Jakeem Grant, and David Montgomery, if I didn't say that already. So you turn to the defensive side of the ball. I really didn't look at the defensive line, though. Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, and Eddie Goldman can wreak some havoc on occasion. I'm looking at Robert Quinn, who is having another career season. He actually forced a fumble on Daniel Jones last year when Andrew Thomas was getting into his terrible streak in Game 2 last year, so he did force a fumble there. But it's a different quarterback, but it's better left tackle. At least, you know, Andrew Thomas has improved. So unless he goes on the side of Nate Solder, I don't think Robert Quinn will be doing much, but... If I want to give advice to him, go on Nate Solder's side. But with that being said, I would think he has or would have more pressures, but he's got 30 pressures on the season, 47 tackles, 17 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and 19 quarterback hits. So he's played in 14 games. Not really in coverage, obviously, as an outside linebacker, primary pass rusher, and he's been good for them this season. He earned a trip to the Pro Bowl, so good for Robert Quinn. Roquan Smith is another guy I just want to watch in terms of tackling, not really in coverage, but I'll give you the stats anyway. He has one interception. He's allowed 44 completions on 61 attempts, 72.1 completion percentage, 337 yards, no touchdowns, 78.4 passer rating. So that's not too terrible, but by the yards per attempt allowed, he allows a lot of short passes and whatever. He has 148 tackles on the season, eight pressures and three sacks. So I think he did make the Pro Bowl. If I'm not mistaken, I want to check real quickly. I want to say he did, and he did not make the Pro Bowl. I thought he did, maybe as an alternate. alternate I don't know, but uh, you know that's his stats on the season. Jalen Johnson, their number one corner when healthy, has one interception on the season. 
He's allowed 41 completions, 69 targets, 59.4 completion percentage, 524 yards, uh, 12.8 yards per attempt, or I should say per completion, 7.6 per target, 5 touchdowns, 101.4 passer rating, 40 tackles on the season. Kendall Vildor, one of their other defensive backs, He's allowed 40 completions on 58 targets, 69 completion percentage, 579 yards, 14.5 yards per uh, yards allowed per completion, 10 yards allowed per target, six touchdowns, 135.6 passer rating, which isn't good, one pressure and 44 tackles. And then finally, Thomas Graham, no interceptions on the season. Obviously, he's only started in one game. He's played in two games thus far. So maybe he hasn't been healthy or they haven't been activating him. They probably would, I would imagine, for Sunday. And then he's allowed five completions on 11 targets, 63 yards, 12.6 yards per completion, 5.7 per attempt, one touchdown, and 94.1 passer rating, 11 tackles on the season. So that is, in my opinion, impressive for a six-round pick out of Oregon. So real quickly as I take a sip. Questions answered, then we'll go to keys to win, predictions, and we will slide on out of here. In terms of the offense, will the offensive line look like such? Here's my prediction. Thomas, Ben Bredesen, or Wes Martin, Matt Skura, Will Hernandez, and Nate Solder. Apparently, there's been a rumor floating around that Isaiah Wilson hasn't been dependable and he hasn't been what the Giants had hoped for, and he's basically the joking self that he was in Tennessee, and I'm not saying that to be joking, I'm saying that to be serious, that he's not actually serious about playing football, whatever the case may be, so that's probably why he didn't play in last week's game, or whatever the case may be, if that's the case, why don't you just cut him, but this is the New York Giants we're talking about, so Matt uh, Skura probably would play center if Billy Price is out, Wes Martin I think can play center as well, but they'll probably give it to Skura because he did play center in Baltimore for a few years. Will Hernandez is probably still going to play with Nate Solder on the right side. So good luck, Mike Lennon. Good luck, Jake Fromm. Whichever one is starting, I know both are playing, so it's basically like a preseason game. Number two, can Saquon or Demonte Booker get something going against bad run defense? I think it's going to be Booker. I think he's going to get more yards than Saquon Barkley. I don't think this is going to be a blowout, just as a foreshadow towards prediction time. But... I think it's going to be stupid plays, stupid mistakes, and it's going to be a really messy game. It's going to be close, but the Giants have to go on offense and get something done. Um, Devontae Booker, I think, will have more yards because I just feel like they block better for Booker than they do Barkley, but we'll see what happens. Does David Sills or Kenny Galladay catch their first Giants touchdown? I would bank on David Sills before Kenny Galladay. I don't know what the problem is there, why he has not caught a touchdown this season, but it's the New York Giants. You really never get an answer on that type of nonsense. Let's go to defense. Can the Giants get more than two sacks on Andy Dalton? They had six on him last time. They had more weapons, and that was on the Dallas Cowboys last year. It was on January 3rd, so close dates. Uh, last year was January 3rd. When we face Dalton, this year it's going to be January 2nd. But with that being said, they had six sacks on Dalton. I think they should get more than two sacks because the O-line is actually worse. And Andy Dalton is not mobile. And the Giants pass rush is just a tiny bit better. It's nothing to write home about, but we'll see what happens. 
Will David Montgomery have a big game with Dexter Lawrence out? Austin Johnson's probably going to get a ton of snaps. Same thing with Leonard Williams. Maybe David Moa and Raymond Johnson factor in. Woodrow Hamilton as well. I don't see them being big factors in this game, but with that being said, I do imagine Montgomery might have a big game against us, knowing our run defense isn't that good. And then, can this defense get a turnover that means something? They've had one turnover in the past four to five games, I want to say, and that turnover didn't mean anything because Mike Lennon threw an interception, and he has to make his quota every game because he sucks, but he's a backup quarterback. And with that being said, they have to get a turnover in this game because the Bears are a terrible team. They have, what, one more win than us? Matt Nagy's going to be gone at the end of the year for a reason. And this team, at times, is very undisciplined. This team... Is very undisciplined, meaning the Chicago Bears, and I know the Giants are not much to talk about in terms of discipline, but in terms of penalties and the games I've closely watched them in, the Steelers game and the Seahawks game, not very good with penalties. Not very good with penalties and controlling them. So if they have a holding call or an unsportsmanlike kind of call, whatever this call may be, or whatever, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. But it's the New York Giants, so I honestly will not bet on that. Get something going on offense. Number one, keys to win. It has to be get something going on offense. I don't think Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor are going to be smart enough to hit the ground game 100% of the time or 90% of the time or just most of the time. I feel like it's going to be the first Eagle game where the coach, the opposing coach, is not going to be in the right mindset and might put their offense in a bad position. I think it's going to be a really sloppy game because both coaches don't know their head from their ass. So the Giants do need to get something going on offense, score at least 10 to 13 to 17 points maybe. I'm asking a lot because it's the New York Giants and their offense is absolutely terrible. I believe our offense is the last in the league despite what the stats say. I think that's all the first couple of games that we actually had something going on offense. That's just factoring in now. So if we had a terrible start of the season, we've been... If we were terrible to start this season, I think we would be at 32 instead of 28, 27, 26 right now. Number two, defend the run. While Dexter Lawrence is out, David Montgomery, he's probably going to have a good game, but I don't think he's going to have the game where it's going to be, oh, they're going to blow out the Giants. It's not going to be that case. I don't know if Chicago is actually rooting for, well, actually, no, they're not going to be rooting for anything in terms of the fans because what do they have to root for? Their second and third round picks to be lower? I mean, seriously. We have their first round pick, so if they lose and we win, it's a win there. But they would bounce to six wins if they won against the New York Giants today. And in terms of the New York Giants, they would bounce to five wins. But at the same time, their draft position might even out with the Bears. We'll see what happens. We have to see what the Jets do and a lot of other teams do as well. Take advantage of the battle line and sack Andy Dalton. Pressure him, sack him, do whatever you need to do on defense. I expect a good defensive game. I don't give a shit about the offense in some cases. If the defense cannot get it done this game for some reason, for whatever reason, I know Dexter Lawrence is out, but if they can't get it done, I don't know what to tell you. Because they pretty much have most players healthy. Dory Jackson is probably going to be back. Aaron Robinson is probably going to be back, probably playing that slot corner spot. Logan Ryan's healthy, McKinney's healthy, all these other guys are healthy. We have a decent linebacking core now, Jalen Smith, Benardrick McKinney, and I'm probably forgetting one person to take Crowder behind him. 
And then just have one person missing on the defensive line, Dexter Lawrence, who has had a disappointing season, but he's been out of position because he has been playing defensive end a little bit, which is weird. Prediction time. I'm not looking forward to this one, to be quite honest with you. I think the Giants are going to lose. Let's go 13 to 10. 13 to 10. I like that score. I don't like that score, but I like that score. If you guys haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when live stream pops or drops. Uh, I apologize for, once again, the short podcast episodes. It's just a preview episode. Um, You know, with that being said, what can I say? This is the New York Giants. Yeah. So, uh, peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. And catch us Monday night. Chat with us Monday night if we are live.